Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fine friends. Welcome to the 14th and final episode of Season 1 of the Tom Petty Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Brown, and today's episode is a special bonus episode covering a song that disappeared and is pretty much known only to the diehard Pettyheads. Uh, a studio recording of this one has never surfaced, so we have to assume that one doesn't exist. I won't always be uh, reviewing unreleased songs in sequence, but listener Paul Roberts was keen for me to include a review of it, as this one sits between the debut album and You're Gonna Get It on a live promo album named Official Live Leg. The song in question is Dog on the Run, not to be confused with the also excellent Dogs on the Run from the Southern Accents album. The song clocks in at a whopping 9 minutes 37 seconds, but it's well worth listening to the entire thing because it's unlike anything else Tom wrote or recorded in his career. As always, there's a link in the episode notes for you to go and listen. Then once you've done that, come back and listen to the episode. You're back? Excellent. Then we can get started. Dog on the Run uh, was recorded at Paul's Mall in Boston on December 12, 1976, at one of the band's earliest gigs. And there's not a ton of information available about this song, which gives it a sort of enigmatic angle that none of the songs I've covered thus far have. The song only appears on the official Live Legs single-sided promo LP, um, and there were two versions of that LP released, one in the US and one in the UK, where it was called the official Live Bootleg. The track listing on the UK version also includes The Wild One Forever, in addition to the four tracks that are on the US version, which are Jaguar and Thunderbird, an old Chuck Berry song, Fooled Again, I Don't Like It, Luna, and the song we're talking about today, Dog on the Run. The US version of that album trades for around US dollars right now, and the UK one is very, very difficult to find. So this song was pretty much a regular in the live set from 1976 all the way up until 1980. But from 1981 on, it sort of sank without a trace. It's hard to say why the song was dropped from the set list, and if I ever get to speak to one of the original lineup, fingers crossed, I'll definitely ask them about that. My suspicion is that because Breakdown also became more extended jam-type song when it was played live, they didn't really need to have two of those. Uh, and the eclectic nature of the structure of the song just it maybe didn't quite gel with the rest of the songs that they more regularly played in their set list. The main guitar lick has a really heavy, swampy, almost ZZ top feel to it out the gate. You know, think sharp, dressed man, that kind of same type of progression. Um, but then it breaks into a much more stonesy vibe in the chorus. So we get a blues-drenched rocker, but one that borders on that sort of Hawkwind-type early British heavy metal at times too. Stan's drums sound really heavy and really cool. He's playing some super neat double-time stuff around the bells at, at times, and he's also not easing off during the main part of this song at all and laying down a really ferocious, heavy drum track that acts as the foundation for an equally heavy guitar track. Around the three-minute mark, we get a great breakdown when it goes to drums, bass, and just the keyboard sort of chugging away in the background with parts dropping off and the guitars just really, really accenting things. At 3.40ish, Ben Mont comes in with some tasty electric piano as Stan picks up the pace of sort of a double-time, almost disco-esque beat and Ron sort of arpeggios all over that chord progression. It's really virtuoso bass playing, the likes of which you almost never get on a T-Pass studio recording. Um, Mike adds in some really cool muted echoey guitar at this point too, and then at the five-minute mark, the drums fall away. And it's all about Ben's piano, with everything else just sitting in the background in a sort of 70s prog rock type of shape. This then blends into a, a, a really trippy 60s-type Woodstock vibe, and Ben has some sort of cosmic synth sounds which shift to a minor key, 
with Mike sliding and bending his guitar parts all around that, adding a sort of an ethereal, otherworldly texture to the song, or to that segment of it at least. At about the seven minute mark, the tempo starts to lift again, we get back into more major keys, and Stan really rocks it up into that main riff coming in nice and heavy into the sort of the back end of the song. So the song has a really sort of jam band structure to it. It's got verse, chorus, solo, verse, chorus, solo, long extended bridge, verse, chorus, solo. And what this does is it gives every band member the space to really flex their muscles and show what they can do. To pull off a track like this live, this well, really does show how polished and well-rehearsed the Heartbreakers were from basically from day one. It's a pretty straightforward song lyrically, with the girl Tom singing about either not reciprocating his affections or not treating him properly. So the line, you know, you're trying to keep me living like a dog on the run. There's one gloriously Tom Petty line in here too that I absolutely love, where he, when he says, you're living in a high rise trying to stay low. And again, if you listen to the way he sings that, that cadence is very similar to I Need to Know, and I'd be curious to find out if he borrowed that phrasing for the later song. Vocally, it's a pretty staggering performance from Tom. Considering this is one of the earliest Heartbreakers gigs, his delivery and attack is already locked into that zone he would often use when he was trying to portray his frustration or his anger at some kind of injustice. Super, super solid throughout. Okay, time for some petty trivia. During the American Girl episode, I asked you which Tom Petty solo or Heartbreakers album is the only one that does not feature a single songwriting credit other than Tom, with all songs written by Tom and Tom alone. The answer is 2006's Highway Companion, which would be the final solo album that Tom released. As well as having this unusual songwriting distinction, Highway Companion also has the leanest personnel listing of any Petty album, with all instruments played by Tom, Mike Campbell and Jeff Lynne. So given we're talking about a 10-minute song today, this week's question is this. What is the longest recorded track on a Heartbreakers or solo studio album? Okay, back to the song. The way the song settles into that extended improvisational section and then explodes back out of it again is really, really cool. It sort of drops you into like a a nice little headspace before bringing you back up into a full rock and roll fury sort of outro. If this were one of the songs they did record during the debut album sessions, you can guarantee that Denny Cordell would have insisted on removing that entire middle part, as well as probably at least one of the solos, and I think you would have faded out that entire sort of last section after the last chorus. And I think you probably could cut that down to a fairly tight three, three and a half minutes, but it would be a very, very different song without the experimentation and variety of tone and rhythm that we get from it, especially in that middle section. You'd also lose that release and rebuild of tension, which is a crucial part of what makes this song so good. What's almost comical about it is that when the song's over, you know, we've had such drive and energy and attitude throughout the whole thing. The applause is clearly coming from a very, very small crowd, which is just deliciously incongruent with the experience that you were just put through. The sound quality on the recording, it really is exceptional. Um, Not surprising, really, as it was recorded at Paul's Mall, uh, the legendary room in Boston that sort of launched the careers of of people like um, Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen, Bette Miller and Barry Manilow, um, who were among the artists who played at Paul's Mall when they were just getting started. I'll admit that this was a song I was pretty unfamiliar with until fairly recently, so thanks again to Paul Roberts for making me go back to it and give it another few listens before sitting down to record this episode. It truly is a killer jam and a song that must have been amazing to see live. I'm going to give Dog on the Run a really solid 7 out of 10. 
There's just something about it that really hits my music bone hard. It has such a strange dynamic to it and a fantastic rhythm section, coupled with some of the best keyboard slaying on any of the Heartbreakers records that I've ever heard. Well, that's all for season one, folks. Um, Done already. I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. And as I've said previously, I really do appreciate the very kind words I've received through social media and directly from different people in different forms. Um, thanks again to my guests for season one, John Scott and Dallas Helica. Don't forget to check out TomPettyandMe.com to find John's awesome memoir. Um, and go check out BeerOfTheDay.com and the Beer of the Day podcast, which is a fantastic craft beer website and podcast curated and run by Dallas. Um, this past week, we went past 2,500 downloads. So our listenership seems to be still building steadily. Um, so please help me get the word out uh, and let's keep our petty nerd community growing. Uh, don't forget to recommend the podcast to your friends and follow me on socials. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Tom Petty Project or at Tom Petty Project on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. Um, you can, I'll be throwing a few more videos up there for season two, I think, including more clips from my previous conversations with John and Dallas and from my season two guests. Um, until we meet again next week, keep listening to and sharing Tom's music. Try to be kind. Try to say I love you to someone at least once a day. Stay safe and healthy. And I'll be back with you next week to talk about track one from You're Gonna Get It when the time comes. Bye bye. <laughs>